You are listening to the Becoming Men podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the Becoming Men podcast brought to you by thebecomingmen.com. I am still your host, Ray Delanoise, and this is the podcast for men on their masculine journey. Ooh, I love, love saying that, guys. Now, today's conversation is for those of you who are or who one day listen to me hope to be married. That's right. Even if you have a small little desire somewhere in there to be married sometime in the future, you need to listen to this episode. And guys, for you guys that are married, like you know that every little bit of help that you can get is always appreciated. So today I'll be joined by Seth Studley. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist. Him and his wife, Melanie, actually host the Anatomy of Marriage podcast, as well as Anatomy of Family and Anatomy of Sex. Guys, trust me, you are going to love this this episode. And as always, you guys can go ahead and connect with me on Instagram at Ray Delanoise and check out at thebecoming.men. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the stuff here for this podcast and everything that we're doing. Now, this podcast episode is so good. I don't even want to waste any more of your time. You're going to need all of the time that you have because you're going to want to rewind some things like I, I just know it. This is going to bless some people and you are going to be blown away after you listen to this one. So let's get into this week's show. Seth, how's it going, man? Go ahead and introduce yourself to the guys. First of all, thank you for your service. Um, I appreciate it. You know, just uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. A and pleasure, man. Uh, other, others like you, uh, men and women. And uh, yeah, so so my name is Seth. My wife's name is Melanie. We have a podcast called Anatomy of Marriage Podcast. And we, we recently created a couple more podcasts, which are pretty cool. And we've been doing this for about four years. Actually, it'll be four years on February 14th. Wow. And it's been just really wow. fun. Uh, like you said, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and been married for 16 years, got three kids. And we went through some really just crazy stuff and which we'll, we'll get into, I'm sure. But we were like, how do we turn this around? How do we turn our mess into our message? And we got mm -hmm. through it. We know other couples can do that, but it really started with, uh, it didn't start with my wife, what she did or didn't do. It started with me what kind of man, what kind of father, what kind of husband did I want to be first? And then stuff began to flow down river because we had it all backwards. We had it Ooh. all backwards before then. Yeah. I'm, I'm confused though, because uh, you said you got married and so everything should have been perfect after that. Right. Doesn't, <laughs> right. Isn't that right. how it works? <laughs> that's the, that's the myth, man, that we believe we are like, Oh yeah. Okay. Get engaged. She'll be happy. Things will be cool. You know, I'll be happy. Things will be cool. Oh, then we'll get married. Okay. And then we'll start rolling. And man, that is not, that is not true. And we all have thought that way. I think, or at least most of the folks that we talk to yeah, I would say so. thought that way. And then we even think, oh, okay, well, we'll have kids then. And like, what? Yeah, that makes it crazy? All, that fixes everything. I'm, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> it, it only it only puts a laser beam and a spotlight on all the stuff that's messed up in your marriage and all the stuff that you got to fix, right? So like I said, we got three kids and we're making it work. We're definitely in a better place now than we were, say, 10 years ago. A lot of growth, a lot of growth. Tell me about that. Yeah. What, was, what was 10 years ago? Six years in a marriage. Oh man. So, all right, we, we got married. I used to be in a touring band and... um. I was gone, you know, eight months out of the year. Well, let me, let me slow down. We were engaged and I was in a touring band. I was like, Oh man, this isn't going to work. So quit the band, started going to grad school. Then we got married. And like I said, we just didn't, we were just super young, naive, immature, like, Oh, she'll make me happy or he'll make me happy. They'll fix this. And quickly we found out that wasn't the case. We just kept on arguing and arguing and arguing. And we were in church at the time and uh, we wanted to be like, okay, let's have a godly marriage. Let's do the right thing. So I was, uh, 
I lied to her about porn and then some other things just didn't make sense, you know? And the thing was, it's like, okay, porn just didn't like blow our marriage up because I really wasn't, I wasn't addicted to it or anything. She just asked me and I felt put on the spot and was like, I don't want to hurt you. So I just like, no, nah, it's cool. I'm, I'm good with that. Right. But like I got a lot of guys and women too, we're finding out they're not really good with that. And so she lost her mind. She was, it was right after we had our second kid and she had some postpartum depression stuff. And like her mind was just, just reeling. Right. So long story short, we fought and fought and fought. She gave me a black eye, which is like, no dude gets married thinking, all right, this lady in front of me one day is going to give me a black eye. No, it doesn't <laughs> you don't, happen. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think that, man. And so like, you know, so what's that Mike Tyson quote? It's like, yeah, we all have a plan until we get punched in the face, right? That's it. And I yeah. thought I had a plan, but literally she gave me a black eye. There was no, like, I didn't, you know, retaliate, of course, you know, back to her or anything, but just had to take it and like, oh man. So we were both just trying to work through this. We were in counseling and stuff, but finally we made it through. And that was only when we were like, oh, wait a minute. We had to look in the mirror. Seth, what am I doing? What are you doing, bro? You know, and Melanie looked in, in the mirror to herself, like, what are you doing? You're blowing up your marriage for, for no reason. You, you got kids, you can save this, you can work through it. And so that was about 10 years ago. And we've just been on a, a positive trajectory forward with, with career stuff. Of course, with the podcast right now, we do high performance marriage coaching, walk other, th other couples through the same thing. And, uh, it's really cool. We, we were finding our sweet spot. And so that's where we were, you know, that picture, like where we were, where we are now. So it's like me with a black eye, just looking all sad and pathetic to now we know we have a show and like a healthy family and healthy kids and stuff like that. So yeah, we've definitely been blessed in that way. That's beautiful, man. And I, I yeah. will tell you, I did not get a black eye, but I did get keys to the face once that was, that was tough. Oh. <laughs> And then after that, I, I was deserted. I went to work and, you know, my wife went UA <laughs> and she's just, yeah. she's like, dude, I'm out of here. And coming from a person who's like, I want things to look together nice and tidy, you know, on the outside, right? Like I'm taught to have like perfect creases on my rack in boot camp. Mm -hmm. Like this is just natural stuff. Yeah. That wasn't the case in my marriage. My wife leaves me after four months, four months of being married. And I'm like, wow, I'm a mess. Right. So yeah. I absolutely can relate, but how does a man even get to a point where he says, okay, I, I have to change something because you, you said something earlier that, you know, to get your mess to a message, you know, you have to start with the man. How mm -hmm. does a man even like wake up to this? Like what, what are some signs that he can be looking at? Oh man. Well, this is hard because it, it can only come from within, right? Like if I don't know the problem is a problem, then what incentive do I have to change it? You know, if there's no, if there's no consequences over here, or if I'm just ignoring the consequences and kind of like turning a blind eye to it. So, uh, man, that's, that's such a good question. And I, I wish I'm thanking God that I, I, you know, had the insights, right. But yeah. I got that insight from reading a ton of books, listening to tons of sermons, listening to a tons of podcasts and really thinking about, you know, growth versus fixed mindset, like having a growth mindset, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. It doesn't have to be this way. We can change it. And I really wanted to change it. I knew that how I was living out as a man, as a husband, like there's gotta be more to this. Right. And there's, there's yeah. a quote that I I've been saying recently a lot and I don't know who said it, but it's this idea that, okay, wherever you are, like right here, right now, every previous decision and choice has gotten you right here. 
And that can be, that can be good or bad. Right. So my marriage was a mess because I wasn't showing up as a man. I wasn't showing up as a dad, as a husband. And now it's different because I'm showing up differently. You know what I'm saying? So I think awareness, I don't know if this answers the question or not, but awareness, awareness is key. Like I give this example on our show. I'm a hunter. I like stuff in the woods and I go deer and elk hunting out here, which is great out in Washington. So if I'm out there on the trail, right. And I know that behind this big cedar tree, there's like a black bear just hanging out or a cougar, right. We have cougar mountain lions out here. And uh, if I know that something is up there, then what am I going to do? I'm going to get my weapon. I'm going to like stance appropriately or just turn around and go back the other way. Right. I'm going to do what I can to avoid that situation, not have a confrontation. But if I'm just walking willy nilly through the woods and boom, come up on that mountain line with cubs or something, what do you think is going to happen? There's going to be trouble. You know what I'm saying? So awareness is curative. If I'm aware of the situation up ahead of me, then I can be proactive versus reactive. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of guys, a lot of guys going back to what we were saying earlier, it's like, Oh, I'll get married and things will be cool. You know, we'll, we'll have sex every night or whatever. Like, Oh, we'll make dinner. All this stuff is just like, no, that's, that's not how it works. So let's, let's have conversations around these. Let's be proactive instead of reactive um, and and go there before, uh, before we get in trouble. Right. So awareness is curative. That's man. I think you took it exactly where we needed to go with this because I'm I'm thinking of what it was that brought me to a place of such ignorance where I thought, okay, I'm dealing with everything I'm dealing with inside. I'm like totally fatherless. I'm a self-made man. I'm just trying to figure things out. Right. I have no example of a healthy marriage for over a hundred years in my family. Right. And so I'm going to go ahead and make this thing work though. Let's move this woman from across the United States away from her support system, move her into a small one bedroom condo by the beach in California, and then disappear for 65% of my first two years of marriage. I did the math month by month. Wow. That's crazy. And then let's see how she reacts when I tell her that I'm having thoughts about women from my past and about pornographic videos that I watched before, even though I'm now a saved Christian and I don't do that anymore. Right. Ideally, you were thought, okay, yeah, we'll do this. This will work. But in reality, it's like it's really hard to be in relationship to a person if we if we never see them. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. wives, girlfriends, or even just friends like me and my buddies. Like if I haven't seen them in a couple, you know, six months or whatever, and that goes on and on and on, it's like, well, I can't be surprised if we've kind of drifted away a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's crazy. So then, you know, you said if I don't know the problem is a problem, you know, you're, you're in a bad spot. And I'm thinking of, you know, there's this kind of diagram that says you can either be the best place to be is consciously aware, right? Because mm-hmm. then you can also be consciously unaware. And that's when you're like, hey, I'm conscious of what I don't know. And so then I'm going to go try to go figure it out. But the most dangerous place you could be is unconsciously unaware. That's like right. when you're the guy who's walking around inside of, you're like the, I'm thinking of an ox inside of an antique store. Like you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was doing that. I didn't know I was, you're right. bumping into everything. You're crashing everything else around you, but you don't even know the catastrophic damage that you're causing. And I think, man, so many men walk out of their childhood homes like a big old ox, right? An 18 year old frame with the 12 year old mindset emotionally and mentally. And just, yeah. they're, they're like, well, I, I don't know why you're offended at me. I'm fine. You know, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with me. Have you seen that? Have you, how have you seen that play out if you have? Oh man, I, I think you said it perfectly that, that ignorance, but then also paired with that is an arrogance. 
know what I'm saying? So like I've worked with um, uh, teenage kids in the past doing different mental health groups and stuff like that. And I've, I've, I was this way at one point too, in my own life, I was arrogantly ignorant, which is about the worst combination because you're like, okay, my friend, I'm immature. I don't know crap, but I think I do. And then I'm just out there making a fool and going, what, what's the big deal? What's this? And it's like, I'm just, you know, I, I would equate it to like spending money I don't have and then not even understanding how debt works kind of thing. But like, you know, the debt collectors like, Hey, you, you did this or like, what's the big deal? This is the big deal. You owe me money kind of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, um, awareness is key around that. And it, man, it's, this is funny. Cause I was writing about it in my journal today. It's, it's also about being humble, you know, mm. like humbling yourself, like, okay, I'm okay. And maybe, maybe us men have a hard time saying this too, with, you know, all all kinds of things that we learn from family of origin or culture or whatnot. It's like, Oh, I have to be okay with not knowing something, you know, like we always don't have to know everything and save the day because a lot of times like friends and family and myself too, I've experienced to where like, okay, I don't know. I don't know the landscape here, but I'm going to act like I do. And then it usually causes a bigger problem. Yeah. If we would have just said, Hey, you know, this isn't my wheelhouse right now. Uh, you know, I mean, in, in the military, you know, you, you all have very defined positions, you know That's what I'm right. saying? Like, okay, That's this right. guy's, this guy's up front, this guy's got the flank, whatever it is. And you count on him. So you're doing everyone a disservice. If you're like, Oh yeah, I know about that machine or, you know, whatever yeah. this plan you're like, you get no, on you don't. It and you know, nothing, let yeah. this guy. Yeah. Let this guy do it. So really, uh, then that goes back to where, where I could like attribute to some of my growth was like, Oh, wait a minute. You thought you knew all this stuff, but you don't, that's okay. Yeah. But it's not, it's not okay to remain there. You got to have that realization like, Oh, I don't know what I don't know. Let me go out and get that knowledge. Yeah. Let me go out and have that growth mindset. Talk to other men, listen to shows like this, read books, listen to podcasts. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, which is a transition because sometimes we have to unlearn that stuff. You know, you said that you didn't grow up with a dad, you know, and a lot of us didn't have dads who were, you know, super stellar, you know, maybe drug and alcohol abuse in our past. For me, that's definitely in my past. So we got to be like, okay, this is the landscape of it. I don't want it to be that way. So what do I have to do to take, to take ownership? You know, I'm thinking of Jocko Willink, extreme ownership, which I love his stuff. You know, it's like, Oh, that extreme ownership okay, let's, let's take that and change it. And then yeah. that can be really empowering too. You know, it's like, Whoa, I got the power to change this. All right, let's do this. So true. So true. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you said it before, man, it's like being proactive and then I'll, I'll add in one word in there being intentional, right? So you're intentionally proactive. So let, let's mm-hmm. say there's a young guy listening right now and you're just becoming aware that this pornography thing might not be it right? Like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe this isn't good, but you're just at the consciously unaware level. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, but I want to know a little bit more about it. Well, we got you here, Seth. And that, that's exactly right. why I wanted to bring you on. So tell me like, what or how have you seen pornography affect a marriage? You mm. know, there's guys who are married and there's guys who one day plan to be married. So talk to them. Yeah. It's like oftentimes men and women who use pornography, uh, think that it's, a uh, a victimless thing. You know what I'm saying? And there's all kinds of statistics about really horrible stuff like 
sex trafficking and like drug and alcohol abuse while this stuff is being made. And it's really a terrible, sad situation, right? And you think, oh, it's just a victimless crime or not a crime, but a victimless thing, no problem. But those are real people on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Those are real daughters and mothers and all this stuff. And I'm not saying like, oh yeah, I've never looked at it and you know, that's not a problem or anything like that. I'm not like preaching because I'm holier than thou or anything like that. I'm just saying, okay, this is the the other side that a lot of people don't that's see, true. right? That's true. And oftentimes what we see is become so normalized, especially with, I think, what is it? It's like the average age that the um, uh, uh, male views pornography of some kind, I think is around eight years old. Yeah, eight years I was, old. I was going to say eight or nine. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like the, the imprint that, that, that puts on the brain is right. And not, not to mention the objectification of, okay, pornography serves like one, one end. Right. And that's, you know, for the guy to go and it's like, okay, this is a very independent thing. I'm, I'm objectifying women. It's all about me. Right. So it can even be considered like a selfish pattern that we get into. Yeah. which may be confusing, but I'll explain some more. So when going back to the first exposure of, of some type of porn at like eight, so that sets up a pattern. It's like, oh, women, females are, are, are meant to, to, to serve me in this way, right? I can just use them or, or whatever. And then how does that play out into relationships? Well, hey, you're not doing that stuff I saw. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with this relationship, right? And it puts up so many unreasonable expectations in relationships and especially in marriage and also the damage that uh, wives feel when, when a husband confesses or when they get caught or whatever, there's a million different ways it can be exposed, but like, wait a minute, I'm right here. I'm not enough. Why are you going out? It it would be like, so I've been the primary breadwinner, I guess, in our marriage for, for most of our marriage. And it would be like, (laughs) I like to give analogies and it would be like this, like, Hey Seth, this is my wife talking. Hey Seth, the money you bring home isn't good enough. I'll take it, but it's not good enough. I'm going to go out and talk to other guys to get money. I'm like, what? Hold what? Hold the phone. Like, you know, then that, then that like really impacts me. So it's not just a victimless thing. And oftentimes a lot of husbands are like, who cares? It's so normalized, whatever culture, this. And it's like, nah, man, you are leaving such a deeper relationship with your wife on the table for this over here. Like for things you'll, you'll never touch. You'll never speak to, you'll never see in real life. You're leaving that all there. And it's almost just a, um, it's just a waste. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I know a lot of guys struggle with it and stuff, but if we begin to think of it in a different kind of light and go, Oh, wait a minute, man, this, this does affect me. And it's also like giving your, your energy uh, away to something else that just isn't going to give you any return. You know what I'm saying? Like if I go to the gym, if I go to the gym, I'm on the bench, I'm doing the reps, I'm expending my energy, but what is it doing for my body? I'm getting a stronger heart, healthy lungs, getting a physique, you know what I'm saying? Which has obvious other benefits. I can be there for my wife. I can be there for my kids to run around. But then with porn and stuff like that, even like any kind of addiction, it's just like taking your energy and just tossing it over there for a minute of, I don't know, checking out for a minute of release for a minute of gratification. And then yeah. boom, you can't, you can't get that energy back, you know? So that's how it affects people in, in marriage. And of course, other relationships too, which there's all yeah. kinds of other stats on it, but that's just a little tip of the iceberg. 
you know, that, that last piece that you just said right there uh, points to some things, man, that I, I don't think we talk about enough and it's the symptoms or the, um, the causes I should say of why mm. we're even doing this. And you said, you know, whether it's just wanting to check out, to have a release, I'll say to gain some control, right. As mm. another one, like we look at pornography as the issue that it is. And we say, okay, let's start, you know, take a fly swatter and just start swatting at these flies of pornography. It's like, get away from me. You know, some people will try to go get prayer. Some people will try to, and get like, you know, apps on their phone and, you know, do all go through all these great lengths, but not realize mm. like, dude, that's just one symptom of a larger problem. And if you would right. just go and shut the door, that's letting all these flies in, you would actually take care of a major issue. Well, let, let me, let me just expand on that a little bit. Cause like being a, a, a mental health professional for, I don't know, about 14 years now, it, it's like, okay, this, these things, pornography, alcohol, workaholism, anything watching Netflix 24 seven, that is a symptom of something else, right? Like the Bible talks about like, Oh, it's a heart issue. It's a yeah. heart issue. Okay. Yeah. So let's dig in there and see what's going on. And that could be something that's maybe unresolved from our childhood, family of origin stuff, too much stress. Like how do I cope with stress at work? Like other things you said out of control, like, okay, my work life is out of control. So I'm letting all these things happen to me. Well, at least I can control that when I click that or pop that top or do whatever, you know, or like stay in the office for 12 hours every day. At least I can control that. So it's really doing the work. There's this, there's this uh, one quote I really like. And sometimes the only way out is through, mm. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. the only way out of like, whatever you're, whatever you're in, whatever you're going through is not just sitting there. You know, sometimes they say, if you're going through hell, keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, let's do the work. Let's dive in and get down and dirty and do that work. Like, Oh man, what, what about my relationship with my dad? Yeah. It sucks. And I'm carrying all kinds of stuff from that or yeah. my mom or like something that happened to me in my past or whatever, you know, it's always usually symptomatic of something else that's unresolved, which is hard we, stuff, man. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating it. It's hard stuff. We have a kind of legend in the Marine Corps. His name's Chesty Puller. And we, and he uh, is said to have been surrounded in Korea, which is true. Um, all of the troops are surrounded. And his quote to the troops was, we're surrounded. Good. Now we can attack in every direction and they can't get away. <laughs> you know? oh, wow. so that's a way to just look at the situation. Like, Hey, if you're in it good, like at least, you know, you're getting through it. You're going through it. Or, or, you know, I love, uh, you know, if you're in the Valley of the shadow of death, right? Like mm -hmm. if you feel like you're that low, first of all, let's have some hope that there's only a shadow in that Valley because there's sun on the other side. Right. So there's, right, there's, right. there's a way out there. And so we got to get through. Um, that's well, good, even, man. even, even you, you can't have a shadow without light. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it, I'm saying? I just thought of that. I'm like, Oh man, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. So even if you find yourself in the shadow in the dark, it's like, there can't be dark if there, I mean, there can't be a shadow if there's no light. So let's, you know, wait till the morning. Okay. Let's see that light. I got a specific situation that I want to bring up to you. This was a, this is a, a little troublesome, I guess, because I didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, I didn't know we were going there, but it, we quickly got there. I was in a conversation with somebody uh, two days ago and they were telling me and kind of just explaining how they were going to move in with somebody that they had just met. Mm. Um, they knew it's been kind of a um, little bit too too soon, but they were going to give it a trial run. Here, here's two things I'm going to bring up in one. First, yeah. 
what are your thoughts on these little like trial run of let's see how this works. And then secondly, when I asked this person, Hey, how long have you guys been talking or been, you know, together? The person had to go onto Tinder to find out. And so then my next question was, if you're seeing this person and they're moving in with you this week, why do you still have a Tinder? (laughs) Oh man. Let's unpack that real quick. Um, and just get more consciously aware (laughs) about some stuff here. Um, again, your thoughts on trial runs living together. If it's a car. Okay, sure. You want to test drive that thing, but a lot of people go, Oh, let's, we're just doing a test drive or, or this or that. But it's like, it's not, it's not as transactional as that. It's like, Oh, if I don't like this car, I'll take it back to the dealership and go find another one. Right. There's emotions involved. You know what I'm saying? There's emotions. And I believe even there's like that, that spiritual energy too. It's like, you know, when you're with someone in that way, you're, you're, you're tying up emotions to them. So I, I don't like that idea. I mean, there's all kinds of stats. In fact, that most um, cohabitating relationships when they turn into marriage have a higher divorce rate than uh, the, the national average. You know, if you live, mm. basically if you live together first and then get married, if you test run stuff. Yeah. Um, and oh, man, I mean, especially for this, this, this guy, you know, no judgment on him, but like, bro, that, I don't think this is wise. You know what I'm saying? It's like lending, lending your, I don't know, drunk uncle, you know, another hundred dollars for, you know, for the 18th time. I'm like, that's, you know, you're not going to get it. It's just a bad idea. So Mm -hmm. I I don't believe that. So this is as a marriage and family therapist and also just a a guy that's, I mean, my, I'm in my forties. So I used to counsel a lot of young boys and like, Oh, I got this girlfriend, you know, we're 17 and 18. We're moving in. I'm like, bro, don't, Mm. don't do it. And it never, it never was beneficial. So I would ask this guy, I'm like, okay, what are you looking for? Right. Let's dive in. How are relationships modeled for you growing up? You know, what do you, what do you really want? Because, uh, sometimes it's like, it's like, um, you're playing house. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. This is just make believe. It's like, uh, it's just not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Um, and uh, mm, yeah. How about this? You're rushing into it with, with not enough information, you know, that's good. You're, you know, yeah. just he, he's diving right in. And uh, I mean, that, that's a good point, Ray. You said, okay, wait a minute. You met this girl on Tinder. You guys are moving in, but you still have Tinder. It's like, is this, is this your, your out or, you're, you're still playing around. It's like, right. You can't, you can't have a house. You can't build a house while you're like, I don't know, not doing the work. You know, yeah. you got a bunch of houses where it only has like three, two by fours up. You're like, Oh yeah, I got one over there and over here. It's like, you're playing house, you know, where are you going to, where are you going to sit down? And I, I think that, you know, again, no judgment, but I, you know, this guy has some work to do uh, internally. Yeah. I think it's like, I would ask him like, tell me about the last, you know, three relationships you've had um, mm. kind of thing, you know, so that, that, that's, that's where I would go. So, yeah, no, I, I, I tried to go there. I'll be, I, it's, that's why I think it's interesting that you said that I tried to go there and it was uh, I was met with, well, yeah, uh, I've done worse. So yeah, I moved in with somebody after three days. My question, Oh, how'd that oh work out? God. It didn't, it didn't <laughs> work out. I'm like, okay, so this one's going to work yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Like, or, or yeah. And you know, I didn't know this person was married before. It's like, well, you know, so and what happened with other relationships? Well, it's like, well, after my, me and my husband split up, I'm like, okay, so there's a, there's a thing here. There's patterns. Let again, mm-hmm. let's get consciously aware, right? Right. Like pay right. attention to these things. 
Yeah. And, and looking at patterns too, like I find this so helpful, not only in my own life, but if I'm like in a rough spot or something, or got some anxiety about like, Hey, where, where should we, where should we pivot here? If it's like a big decision, okay. Raising kids, buying a house, changing a job or anything like this. It's like, okay, slow down, Seth. Let me look at the patterns um, over the last five, 10, 15 years of my life. Okay. What keeps on coming up as a theme, you know, good and bad things. It's like, I know for sure that, okay, I, I'm a helper. I am a speaker and I'm a creator, right? All those things, no matter if it's jobs, podcast contents, that's just, that's just where I go. That's how God made me. Right. But then also I go, Oh, okay. What's your other pattern? Mm, You tend to check out, you kind of go here for comfort you kind of avoid conflict. So it's important to be consciously aware of all those things and go, Hmm, okay, slow down, hold up. It's been three days. I'm not moving in with this girl, <laughs> you yeah. know, or, yeah. or uh, just, just look at it completely different. So I think that person's got some work to do and it's really helpful to just look, look back, you know, five, 10, 15 years, like, okay, what's been good. What's been bad. What do I want to see less of? And what do I want to see more of? And maybe for this person is like, I want to see more of a real relationship that the person respects about and cares about me and values me. You know, I want to see less of like hooking up after three days, moving in, then moving out two weeks later, over and over and over kind of thing. You know, you kind of said this in the passing, but uh, I think journaling is one of those uh, acts that we can invest maybe 10 minutes in and get amazing interest, return on investment. Um, yeah. just because we'll, we'll sit there and we think that we're just kind of like, sometimes I feel like I'm just going through the motions when I'm journaling and then I'll come back two days later, I'll reread something. I'll be like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that that was in there. Let's unpack mm-hmm. that. Uh, so guys yeah. that are really desiring to really get intentional, uh, get proactive and get more aware of the things going on. I would invite you to just give it a try, give it a trial run. That's where you <laughs> should give a trial run, right? Like right, right. Give journaling a trial run. Um, <laughs> I like Seth, that you bring it, you bring it back around and Die back in. <laughs> nice. Seth, what would you um, have wanted to hear if you were, you know, twenty years old again? Mm. I will. I usually, I, let me give you some background. I usually ask all my guests to do this in one minute. I'm like, you're about to show up, talk to your twenty year old self for one minute. What would you say? But th- oh. I think this this is so important. I want you to take as much time as you need, man. Um, yeah. Some things that yeah. you just wish, knowing everything you know now, what you would say to your twenty something year old self. Yeah. So, uh, there, there's this saying that I really like a lot. And, uh, it says, um, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. And you, you know, my wife says, I've told you the same thing five or 10 times, but you know, Ray says it once and you're like, boom, you got it. Or, or, you know, some other guy in my life or whatever. I, hear that too you know, much. She, I know, I know, but, but it's really true. So it's like, okay, I, I would, I would go back and say, okay, Seth, you're smart. God is, you know, uh, put in you some gifts, talents that are very specific to you. Lean into those, man, lean into those. And this like, I mean, it's really, you can get even kind of emotional when you're thinking about this because you're like, Oh man, you're right. And I would say, lean into that, man, trust who, who God made you to be. You have things to offer. Uh, here's where you're going to get in trouble in a couple times. Be smart, be wise. You know, some of my favorite books in the Bible are Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, right? Mm-hmm. The wisdom books, just full of that stuff. Like, okay, be wise, you know, look to other men. You know, it's okay that you don't know what's going on. It's okay that you don't know, but be thirsty, you know, search for wisdom in that way. So that's, yeah. that's the, I mean, I know that was a short answer, but man, it, it, if I could go back, it'd be like, Hey man, 
you're good. You're okay. Trust, trust in the gifts that you're, you're culti- that God is cultivating in you and yes. lean into those, you know? And it's like, it's all right. It's all right. It's weird. I don't know why this, this came up to me, but, um, when I was younger, uh, I always used to go, I would just go to this place in my mind. I mean, younger, like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, And even sometimes now I would go back and like, if I was in like really stressful situations where, you know, on the school playground or like even, even worse, more, more anxiety producing stuff, I'd be like, okay, Seth, you're going to sleep in your bed tonight. Right. And it was that like innate knowing that was like, okay, God is there. You're going to be okay. Right. And sometimes as we get older, when we have kids and jobs and careers and all this stuff, we get all this anxiety, like, oh, we're going to do the right thing. And this and this, this, it's like, no, you're okay. Sit back in that. And I know I'm just spitting out a ton of quotes here, but here's one of my favorites that has really helped me. And I've had about 80 favorites here. So I apologize, (laughs) but I believe it's in Psalms. And uh, it's that line that says, um, be still and know that I am God. Mm. Right. Yes. And then my father-in-law was a very wise man said, Seth, I want you to think about that and then go be still and know that I am mm. be still and know. be still. And then finally be, mm. and that just like, I mean, I get wow. coaches just thinking about it right now because wow. it's like, it goes back to what I would say to my younger self. It's like, Seth, you just got to be trust that trust that God is inside you and has given you gifts to do what you're supposed to do. Just be, cause we, I, at least for me, I get so caught up in this and money and saving face and this and this and this, which all of us, you know, especially young guys were like, Oh yeah, I got to do this. And it's like, oh, let's just be man, just be. So that's what the yeah. older, that's what the current self would say to the 20 year old self. It's like, all right, man, go live, but you just got to be at the end of the day and have that knowing, have that trust. That's key right there. Something that we've been pointing to a lot in this becoming men. Right. Mm. And then I think we think of ourselves so much as human doings instead of human beings. And we just do, 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 uh, you know, action here, action there, especially like action driven guys, um, Mm -hmm. guys who are just go getters want to go after it. And even some females, you know, but like when you just stop and I I love how you broke that down just to be, and know that he is God be and pause that that's uncomfortable. I found out um, in my early twenties that I didn't like to stop because I had to think. And when mm. I had to think, I didn't like to like come, uh, fully become fully aware of what was there. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I, when I stopped my projects, cause I would bounce from project to project, never finishing them though. Okay. Only get 90% of the way there, yep, uh, yep. which is good enough. Uh, so I'd, I'd have all these projects going. And when I would finally stop, I'd be like, talking to myself, you know, it just comes up in my head. Like you're only doing that because you feel like, uh, you're angry at your dad that he didn't teach you to do this. Uh, you're doing mm-hmm. that for affirmation. You did that because you knew that those people would be watching. You're just going after this military accolade because you're a show off and this. And I'm like, Oh gosh. I, okay. I got to get back to doing, you know? Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. It's hard, man. But it goes back to that. What you said at the top of the show, that conscious, um, no, I'm sorry. The, the, the conscious, not a conscious awareness. awareness. You said, yeah. But okay. And then being brave enough and strong enough to work through that. Like, Oh, I'm just mm. doing this military accolade because of this. Okay. Let me, let me work through that. Let me, let me figure that out. So going yeah. after that accolade, isn't a bad thing. You yes. know, you're helping a lot of people. You're doing good. You're building your career. That translates back to how you're supporting your family. That's not a bad thing, but what are the motives 
behind yes. it. Like, oh, okay. I know that if I get caught up in this and this and this, I'm going off track a little bit. All right, right, Ray. Okay, Seth, let's get back here. Let's get back to center. Let's just be. And journaling is a really help. It's personally helpful for me to get back to that center every single day. Like, you know, these different affirmations, like, okay, you got this. You're good. Let's go. Kind of thing. So giving yourself a pep talk sometimes yeah. every day in that way is, is really helpful. So yeah, that's a great point, man. So would your advice to yourself change? Um, if I would say now you're talking to your 30 something year old self, you know, maybe a decade ago. <laughs> well, that depends if the 20 year old me took the advice over those uh, 10 years, you know what I'm saying? Cause then I'd be in a different point, but uh, no, I, I don't <laughs> think it would change. It, it wouldn't change much. I would add to it because it, okay. it'd be a reminder like, okay, a 30 year old Seth, take that advice, man, you know, still live it. You got to practice this. But then also it's like, okay, your kids only want you. They don't care about the money. They don't have any, they don't care about how many clients you have or that, you know, accolades really going back to that. It's like, they want you, they want your time. Right. Yes. Wow. Mm. So yeah. And, and it's not like I've made a disaster of that either, but you know, we do get caught up in our, in our career and making money and all this stuff. It's like, Oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I would say, Seth, say yes more to your kids. Right. Mm. And say no to all these other things out there because your kids need you. Absolutely. They need you. So say yes, Seth, say yes more to your kids. So much wisdom here, man. And actually uh, on the, on the note of wisdom, now I'll put you on the spot. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's best do it. tips that you got for the single guy who's looking mm. right? the single guy who's like, all right, I think I am consciously aware of a lot of things that I want to work on. Okay. That's a great question, man. So I have a, a couple of thoughts and okay. Don't believe for one second that that lady that you're going out there and searching for is going to fill some kind of hole that you're trying to fill, right? Only you can, can acknowledge that and work on that. Now, I'm not saying that a wife, you know, isn't complimentary to stuff. She, you know, she's, she's the best part of me, right? She makes me feel things I've never known possible in really good ways and points these out. So she does, she's very compliment, complimentary, I guess is the word there. But if I'm looking to her or if these young men are looking for a fiance or a girlfriend to be like, Oh, I'll be happy when, you know, I meet XYZ chick that then that's, that's not going to happen. Right. So I want, I want the young people to be, um, uh, solid in who they are. Growth mindset. Listen to podcasts. If you didn't have a mom or dad in your family, who was a good example, go out and get those, right? If I want to take diet advice, who do I go to? I go to a trainer. I go to you. I go to the trainer at the gym or whoever, who has a six pack and who is like fit and can run a quick minute mile or whatever. I'm not asking the dude who's been overweight, you know, for, for 10 years, you know, same as financial advice. So for these young guys, see what kind of relationship or identify rather what kind of relationship you want in, in all aspects and then seek that out, set a standard for yourself. You know, oftentimes I, I, I actually created a list before I got married to Melanie and it was things, it wasn't like, Oh, she's, you know, five, four and weighs one eighteen or anything like that. It wasn't on the superficial side. It was more of like, you know what? I want her to, uh, because at the time I was, well, I was still in college educated, but uh, I wanted her to have a degree, you know, and just, it didn't matter what, but it's like, okay, that's something relational. 
we can talk about. And I appreciate that part. Um, I wanted her to be like an artist because you know what? I like that stuff too. And I want her parents to be like together and have a strong sense of family. Christian was one. uh, Absolutely. And like just these things of like, you know what? That makes sense. And that would make a good pairing rather than like, oh, this chick I met on Tinder, you know, I don't know. She dropped out in eighth grade or, you know, and again, that's not a judgment. I'm just like, hey, that's not a smart. That's like buying, buying some like rusted out beater car with 300,000 miles on it, you know, uh, on Craigslist. It's like, that's not a smart idea. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I would say, hey, set some sort of standard for yourself, men. What kind of lady do you want in your life? What kind of lady who uh, is, is this lady? Does she have a growth mindset? Is she future oriented? Does she want kids? Do you want kids? You got to be on the same page with that. Um, so that's, that, that's what I would say. Set, set a standard and just don't deviate from that. And I'll actually add in there, you know, you set that standard and then by setting that standard, you know what kind of person she is, right? And mm-hmm. so then what you can do is become the person who you're looking for is looking for because right. then that person has a standard and a list and you might not fit that because you're actually a bum and you don't, you don't have any drive, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And, um, be the person that you want to be with. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Melanie said that somebody asked her this question years ago, actually it was a counselor when we were going through hard times and the, the lady was like, Melanie, would you want to be married to yourself? And her answer at the time was no. Mm. And because it was no, she started to change, right? So uh, young men, be the type of person, the type of human that you would aspire to be married to. Growth mindset, hard worker, all these things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. Seth, where can these guys find you? Because I know after this conversation, they're hungry for more. They're like, who is this guy, Seth Studley? What does he have? How can I get connected? Oh yeah. Thanks, man. So you can find anything we do at anatomy of marriage on Instagram, Facebook. And then also we just did a recent rebrand and uh, it's also at the studleys. So that's uh, the, and then our last name S T U D L E Y S the studleys uh, anatomy of marriage.com. We also do high performance marriage coaching, which, you know, for folks who know that there's more out there, they like want to step up their, their game, right? We did coaching a long time ago. It absolutely changed our lives. And it's that accountability piece that really like just keeps you there. And like somebody who's been through it before and knows the ropes a little bit. And uh, so that's something that we're uh, really enjoying right now. If you got any questions, you can email us at hello at anatomy of marriage.com. Check out the podcast. Of course, we just released a a new podcast called anatomy of sex and you can find that, which we talk about all, you know, sexuality within marriage and stuff. And just, you know, we go anywhere because it's, it's a lot of fun and people have real questions. And then also anatomy of family, which we got three kids. We talk about parenting and uh, discipline and homeschooling during COVID and all this craziness. So yeah, those are things we're doing. We're enjoying it a lot. Guys, wasn't that just fantastic? I truly, truly love doing this podcast. You guys don't understand the amount of joy and excitement that I feel whenever I get to sit down with guys like Seth, guys that get to take time out of their day to sit down and speak into your lives. And I really do believe that God wants to do something in your life, even through this conversation. Guys, don't let the connection uh, stop here. Go ahead and connect with us at thebecomingmen.com. You can find a whole bunch of other free resources there and all of those links that Seth was just talking about. I'm going to go ahead and put them down below. You guys are going to be able to just go ahead 
click through some of those things and just find out what he's doing over there him and his wife they are just knocking it out of the ballpark gentlemen as always signing off until next time continue to march we'll be right back.